Hey folks and welcome to the Blue Light Podcast. This is the place to be to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process. I'm Brendan from Blue Light and over the past several years I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process. With an incredible amount of success there's a good, and this is a conservative estimate, four and a half thousand people who are now in the police service as a result of my support. So I've also been coaching and supporting people for decades before that. So as a sergeant and as an inspector in Greater Manchester Police, I coached and supported my staff for promotion and specialist interviews and have been continuing that work all the way through my career. And I'm going to share with you some of what I've learnt over those years. So pin your ears back, folks, because today we are going to look at some of the preparation that you need to do before you even begin to think about applying. So we're going to take a look at the competency and values framework, uh, the concept of having a timeline of your life, uh, the unconscious and the conscious markers that were going to be the valuable evidence that you're going to need in the recruitment process because you're going to have to complete an application form. You are going to go through various stages of interviews. I'm going to take a look at how to start collating all of this information through really good, solid reflection and recording your reflections in a journal. I'm going to take a look at how to actually structure what you put in that journal, not just a load of scribble that you take a look at at some point in the future and think, what on earth was that? So first of all, I'm going to introduce you to the College of Policing's Competency and Values Framework. Uh, this is a set of behaviours and values that every police officer and member of the staff should exhibit. And it comes in various levels. There's something I call the wheel of confusion in there. Uh, in my online courses and in my coaching, I go into all of this in a lot more detail. But I just want to get you thinking at this moment in time about the sorts of um, evidence that you need to start thinking about as opposed to just wandering into an interview and just being yourself and acting naturally. The sort of advice that people keep thinking is good advice, but it's actually the worst advice ever. Acting naturally, just be yourself. Okay, you need to do that, but also you need to be structured in your approach. You need to have depth and detail to your answers, and you need to come across as your real authentic and emotional self. So there's a lot to do in terms of preparation before you even need to think about applying for the service. So there's a link to the Competency and Values Framework in the blurb attached to this podcast. Um, it's broken down into several areas. I've got a copy of it in front of me here, um, the overview of the framework. And what I've done, I think it might be useful for you, is I've gone through the CVF and started to look at certain areas that are almost bankers. These are things that will crop up time and time again in both your application form and in your interview. But the first thing I'd like you to do before we embark on that journey through the CVF, the Competency and Values Framework, is I'd like you to get a piece of paper and a pen. And if you've not got one in front of you, just press pause for a moment, go and get yourself a piece of paper or a pen, or if you're watching this on the tube, or if you're watching this on the bus, or you're driving a car, don't close your eyes and imagine anything if you're driving a car, but certainly you could just kind of imagine what I'm going to talk you through now, and you could do it later on. So I'd like you to get that piece of A4 paper, and I'd like you to lay it horizontally on the desk in front of you, or your table, or whatever it might be. And I'd like you to draw a line across it from left to right. Now, this is our timeline 
of all the things in your life that are going to help you in the police recruitment process. So I call these uh, unconscious or conscious markers. And I go into this in a lot more detail in my coaching uh, for the interview phase. But this is just a little overview for you to get you sort of thinking a little bit about the um, the, the amount of detail that you're going to need to put into this process and the amount of effort you're going to need to put into this process because, you know, they don't give away that warrant card um, by collecting tokens from Cocoa Pops packets. You've got to earn it and you're going to be in front of people who are going to be making those decisions. These are the gatekeepers that are going to let you in or they're going to fail you and that's not what we want. So, what I'm looking at here on this timeline is, um, and, and you know, you're going to be able to do this now, but reflect later on and start recording it in a journal. And I'll talk more about journal in a moment. But you need to start thinking about all those times in your life in the past where you have given 120% without being asked to do so. That's a phrase I use a lot. Um, because when you're giving answers to questions like, tell me about a time when you've made a difficult decision where you've had to account to others for that decision. And that's a common question that crops up. The answer you give needs to be one where you've given 120% without being asked to do so. And it needs to be something that's challenging as well. And a specific moment in time, not, you know, on a daily basis, I make difficult decisions. Um, often I have to do. No, that's just describing your role at work or your role in a voluntary organisation or wherever it might be. Because remember, these examples don't just necessarily have to come from the workplace. They could come from all parts of your life. So every part of your life is valid for this. Often this is referred to as getting life experience, but I like to break it down into far more detail so you've got this rich picture of your life that you can talk about in a very compelling and convincing way at your interview. So now we've got uh, this timeline. Um, a task for you later on is to start thinking about all those moments in your life where you've done something where you've given 120% without being asked to do so in challenging or difficult circumstances. Now, when you come up with those, and what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to give you some guidance about the sort of things that you need to be thinking about that link into the competency and values framework. You're going to record them and mark them down on that timeline as to when they occurred in your life, and you're going to record them in a lot of detail in your journal. More about that in a moment. Now, it may be that these conscious markers, these points in your life where you've given 120% without being asked to do so in challenging or difficult circumstances, these are the moments that you can remember vividly because they were challenging and they were difficult and they would certainly have had emotions attached to them as well because they were difficult and you would have had certain emotions, frustration, joy, happiness, sadness, whatever it may be, you will have had emotions that are attached to those moments. Now, there may be some times in your life that you can't remember. These are the unconscious markers. And what I'd recommend that you do here is you discuss these areas, these um, competencies, these values that you will have demonstrated with a loved one, with the people who you know and trust, who know you really, really well, who may be able to help you with this and give you an indication of, yes, don't you remember two years ago when you did? Now, this happened to one of my clients very recently. I was doing some one-to-one -one coaching with them for their final interview. And I was asking them about a time when they've made a difficult decision where they've had to account to that for that decision to someone who disagreed with them. 
and they just couldn't think of anything. So I cut the, you know, I just paused the process for a moment and asked them to go and speak to their mother, actually. It was their mother who was in the same house as them at the time. And 15 minutes later, she came back and said, I've got two great examples. And she gave me both of those examples, and they were. They were both outstanding. And she went on to do her final interview, and she passed. Now, can you imagine being in that situation where you're asked that question in the interview, and you just went, I can't think of anything? That is an instant fail. That is an instant fail. Or instead of, you know, talking about a difficult decision, you just rattle off all sorts of nonsense because you're just plucking at anything in your memory banks. Well, we don't want to be in that position when we get to the application form or definitely not in that position in the final interview. So it's by discussing it with her mother, she managed to come up with two great examples. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't there to say, choose that one, choose that one. It's for, it was for her to decide which one she used. Um, I don't know which one she used, but trust me, they were both outstanding. And it was a, as a result of speaking to her mother, and her mother said, don't you remember? Don't you remember this time when you did? So those markers in her life then became less unconscious and more conscious. So that's what we need to be doing. We need to be moving those moments in our life from the unconscious markers, the times that we can't remember because we've forgotten about them for whatever reason, to conscious markers. Now, to give you an idea about the sort of things that you should be thinking about in those markers, I'm going to take you through a quick hop, skip and jump through the competency and values framework. So first of all, we've got the values part. Uh, first one is impartiality. And in the behaviours there, I'd like you to start thinking about times when you've taken into account individual needs in the way you do things. So how you've adjusted your approach to dealing with something to account for someone else's individual needs. And also how you make fair and objective decisions, um, but not just making a decision without any information that precedes it. So how do you go about collecting the information that you need to make that decision? And when I say decisions, one of the things that people often think is, oh, you know, choosing what university to go to or what job to apply to or where I'm going to live in the country is a difficult decision. Well, they're big decisions, but they're not the sort of difficult decisions that they're looking for. In all of your answers and all of these unconscious and conscious markers, you need to be thinking about the times when you have done something with other people. Policing is a very people-orientated career, so the interviewers want to hear examples of when you have interacted with other people to come up with those decisions. So, next one, integrity. This is a huge one for the police service. You can bank on getting asked questions about integrity. Absolutely bank on it, no matter what force you're applying for. You can absolutely bank on it. And the definition of integrity that I like is doing the right thing in difficult or challenging circumstances, even when no one is watching. So in the behaviours and the competency and values framework, it actually talks about demonstrating courage and doing the right thing, even in challenging situations. And here's the big one. I challenge colleagues whose behaviour, attitude and language falls below the public's and services expectations. This is a common question. A common question is, please can you tell me about a time when you've challenged someone's inappropriate behaviour? So it's really important that you capture any moments when you've done this. Now, it doesn't have to be sexist or racist or anything like that. It could be just someone breaching company policy. It's still inappropriate behaviour. Moving on to public service. 
I act in the interests of the public first and foremost. So this might be this might translate into a time when you've carried out a task that you didn't necessarily agree with. Um, and also another aspect of that, I adapt to the to address the needs and concerns of different communities. Now you may not be in a role that involves communities, but you could get asked a question: Can you tell me about a time when you have um, had to change your approach to deal with uh, individuals or another organisation or a situation? Moving on to transparency, um, all about accountability. Uh, to what extent have you given a accurate representation of your actions? So this can be dovetailed into decision-making type questions because they may ask you a question, like I said before, about making a difficult decision where you've had to account for your decision to others. This is where the world gets a bit more complicated because people often think, oh, I just need to know my competencies and have an answer for each competency. Uh, 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 because there's a lot of forces out there, including the College of Policing Assessment Centres, where in each question they are marking you against multiple competencies and values. So trying to second guess what the question's all about and what competency or value it comes from, for me, is a worthless task. I think you need to be familiar with the competency and values framework, and that's what this podcast is doing, but not necessarily know it inside and out, And because the danger is you'll start repeating phrases from it, and that'll just come across as total BS, and they'll fail you if you do that. So now we come into the actual competencies. Uh, first one, we are emotionally aware. Um, I'd like you to start thinking about how in the past you have promoted an inclusive environment. So how in the past have you promoted an inclusive environment? This links in with, um, I understand the value that diversity offers. And next we look at the competency of We Take Ownership, uh, where the key one here is I actively identify and respond to problems. So a good question there would be, please can tell me about a time when you've worked with other people to solve a problem. A very, very common question. So you absolutely have to be looking for examples of when you've done that in the past. The competency of we are collaborative. I work cooperatively with others to get things done, willingly giving help and support to colleagues. So in some of my later videos, I'll, uh, sorry, podcasts, I'll be talking about investing in the emotional bank account. This is something I did, especially in my role as a neighbourhood inspector. Um, but this is about ensuring that you can work really, really collaboratively and cooperatively with others to get things done. And again, that can be intertwined with a question about problem solving with other people. Uh, we're almost at the end now, folks. So deliver support and inspire. I take on challenging tasks to improve the service continuously and support my colleagues. So a question there may be, tell me about a time when you've given support to your colleagues in a challenging situation. So start thinking about challenging situations and definitely think about times when you have supported your colleagues or people who may be volunteering in an organisation that you volunteer for. The competency of analysing critically, um, I solve problems proactively by understanding the reasons behind them, using learning from evidence and my experiences to take action. So this again can link into a question about problem solving with other people. So before you actually come up with solutions, what are you doing to analyse the causes of that problem to really have this deep understanding of what is behind that problem? 
So they want to hear about that. And the last one here, we are innovative and open-minded. I demonstrate an openness to changing ideas, perceptions, and ways of working. So a question that may come out of that is, tell me about a time when you have managed change or helped other people manage change. So, folks, there you go. I mean, there's a lot more to the competency and values framework, and I go into them in a lot more detail, especially in the Facebook groups. So I have two Facebook groups. Um, I'll send you the link in the blurb to one of them, which is, at this moment in time, it's got almost 10,000 people in it, all enabling and supporting people through the, each other through the police recruitment process, a lot of serving officers in there, and uh, members of HR teams as well from different forces there to give you advice uh, whenever it is needed i also have a client only facebook group these for the people who uh, have paid for my services my uh, online courses my seminars one-to-ones webinars that sort of thing and there's no link to that because you'll get invited to that if you do utilize any of my services and i go into the competency and values framework in a lot more detail but for the moment you're just preparing to join the police so it's probably quite overwhelming everything that i've told you about already uh, certainly i expect you to be um recording a lot of the questions and a lot of the things that you should be seeking from your past evidence of when you've done all of these things and if you're thinking gosh that's overwhelming that's so much there well it is kind of overwhelming but you've got to dedicate time to this and the way i'd like you to ensure that you capture all of this is through a journal so have your police recruitment journey journal ready um, and what I'd like you to start thinking about is framing things in this way. So what happened? First of all, I'd like you to write down what actually happened, what your role was, where you're working, when it happened, what actually happened, um, and start thinking about the thought process behind it. So um, what was the impact on other people? What was the impact on you? What was the impact on the organization? What options did you consider? in coming up with a decision or a way of working or a way you introduce something or supported another person. Um, some lovely rich detail, not just about what you did, but how you did it. So, so often I hear people talking about, um, you know, I approached the person with a great deal of empathy or I approached the person calmly and professionally. These are just bold claims. They don't mean anything. That's what you did. I want to know how you did those things. So record that in your journal. Record what went well and what didn't go so well, because not everything works perfectly in the police. Um, most things don't, actually. You know, if I reflect back on my career, rarely did anything work out to plan, but you need to be extremely flexible and resilient to be able to manage that. And then start thinking about how that example compares to the competency and values framework. What, what areas does it capture? Because you're going to look back on certain challenging moments in your life and think, actually, it, it, it spans multiple, multiple competencies and multiple values. And you're absolutely right. And this is where knowing your competencies and having an answer for each one of them is really, really poor advice in my experience. Um, because it's going to silo you and it's really going to throw you because you'll start just regurgitating phrases from the competency framework. And that is not going to give you a pass. So really importantly in your journey as, uh, journal as well, right at the very end, I would like you to write down something about what you'd do better next time. What would you do better next time? So hopefully this um, will have been helpful for you. 
there's so much work there I'm, I'm tasking you up to do, but I absolutely promise you that if you start doing these things now, even before you've applied, it will absolutely pay dividends because you'll have this, this journal full of these rich, precious moments in your life where you've given 120% without being asked to do so in difficult or challenging circumstances. And you will have no problem at all completing your application form. And when it gets to the interview, you will have no problem at all. The thing you need to do is to, and this will come in later podcasts, and also it comes in my online courses, my seminars, my one-to-one coaching, but looking at how to actually structure all of that evidence in a meaningful way so that it presents the interviewers with uh, depth and detail in a very, very structured way. Because most answers that you're going to give at interview, you're going to have about five minutes to talk. And that's a long time. More about that in later podcasts about the absolute need to practice, practice, practice. The hard work is in the rehearsal, not on the day of the performance. So, folks, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, In the next one, we're going to start looking at um, how to collect some of those values from other people, the things that you know about yourself. And the interesting one is that the things that other people know about you, but they don't want to tell you because they, they fear it may hurt your feelings. Oh my goodness, this is a a really revealing part of the preparation process for joining the police. It's so in-depth. You know, if you start talking about these sort of things at your interview, you're going to blow the interviewer's minds. But for my clients who have done this, they've done exactly that. They've blown the interviewer's minds and they are now constables. Um, Some of them are now sergeants and it won't be long before some some of them are inspectors. A lot of them are now in specialist roles. Um, I'm so proud of them. They've done a fantastic and amazing job. They are having the most fulfilling and successful careers. So that's what this is all about, folks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, Join me in the next one where we'll be taking a look at um, what you know about yourself and what other people know about you, but they don't want to tell you because they think it might hurt your feelings. I'll speak to you very soon. Bye-bye for now.